Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. I met the OG, the original Lando Calrissian. Is that right? Billy, Billy D. Williams. D. Yeah. It's actually kind of a funny story. He was in town. Remember Mike Goucher used to do Sunday night? Mm-hmm. An he came in for that? He, he was in town because he's also a an accomplished stage actor. Okay. So he was in town performing a show of some kind. Um, so something on stage. And so... Goosh had him on. And Goosh used to get some really big, you know, like high-profile yeah. guests. And it was the, the half-hour sort of news magazine slash interview show. It's just a table and a couple of chairs and Goucher asking... Amazing questions. Yeah, it was great stuff. Loved that show. So he comes in, and it was why I was very young at the time, and maybe 26, 27, right? It was very, especially when he had a big guest. And, you know, Goosh was the hero of the newsroom. Mm-hmm. Everybody looked up to him, yep. himself included. It was widely known that you don't mess with the guests that he brings in for Sunday night, <laughs> so right? you're not supposed to take selfies. Right. Well, or... right, you're right. And this was pre-selfie. Yeah, so you just have a camera all of a sudden Just there. supposed to look and wave and be like, oh, that's that guy. Oh, that's because he would bring in, you know, some pretty sure. high-profile, yeah. famous yeah. people. And so everyone respected that because first, first and foremost, you respected Mike. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, like you don't want to bother him. Yeah, you want to stay on his good right. side. Guest is going out there and the guy's all bent out of shape because he got mobbed in the in whole. The, it's just not cool. It's not professional, right? So that was... Widely known and respected mm-hmm. until Lando Calrissian came in. <laughs> Please I, tell me you called I'm him sorry. Lando. Huh? <laughs> hey, Lando. I don't think I did. <laughs> but I had an actual camera. This was pre-camera phone, right? And they had finished the interview. They're coming out of the studio, and I'm in the newsroom. And Goucher sees me coming with my camera. <laughs> Beelining right for him. And I looked at him first, and I just go, I'm sorry, man. It's Lando Calrissian. <laughs> And he kind of like gave me like, fine. And I said, Billy D, please, can I get a picture? And we took a picture. I bet, I'm happy to do it. Hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> You're a fan of the Star Wars then, are you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's great. Now, he wouldn't be in this new film, you understand. No, right. right? Roll up. It was nice to see him pop up in nine, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, sure. Last one. I'm, I was, uh, I was nine bothered me, but whatever. That yeah. blast came from the Death Star. That thing's <laughs> operational. How can they be jamming us if they if don't this, know? They don't know we're coming. <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of Star Wars news. I'm the administrator of this facility. Did you hear Milwaukee Film? On the last day, I believe, of the film festival this year, which starts in a couple of weeks, they're doing a documentary about the holiday special. Which is why the, the infamous holiday special. That they said they would never play again? Yes, that George Lucas himself has said he'd love to smash every copy with a sledgehammer. Widely <laughs> regarded as an abomination. <laughs> yes. yes. They're going to have that documentary air at the film festival about that, that show. On Star Wars Day, May, May the, the 4th. 4th. Yes. Perfect. All right, road trip, So everybody. much Star Wars today. Outstanding. 5.15 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to the World Series. Well, not really, not yet, but it's only April. But I would buy your ticket now if I were you. The reason why, book those tickets. The freshmen are here to stay, apparently. The Brewers entered Wednesday night looking for the series sweep against the New York Mets. And with the score at six apiece, 
in the bottom of the ninth. Garrett Mitchell said, game over. And the pitch. Buker on the incredible call there. You don't really top that one as Mitchell takes the brooms out to send the Mets home and the Brewers win their fifth straight game by a final score of seven to six. After the game, Mitchell talked about these moments for him and how his approach at the plate changed dramatically during that final at bat. I mean, it's kind of like when we talked about last year, the same thing when um, with the other walk off, you play some of these moments in your head. Um, you want to be up in those types of moments. So um, for me, I just I go up there with nothing to lose and just try to take control. Whether, like I said, I was trying to put down a bunt at first. So, um, you know, it ended up working out in my favor, though. From a bunt to a swing to a home run to a sweep, the Brewers get it done and now look to host the St. Louis Cardinals starting on Friday night. Over to the NBA, where the Milwaukee Bucks have officially secured the best record in the NBA and have clinched the number one seed in the Eastern Conference with their 105-92 win Wednesday night against the Chicago Bulls. Giannis did not play, and Chris Middleton left after only playing eight minutes, but no fear for the deer as Bobby Portis came to play against his former team. Holiday moves it across the timeline, steps back, now triggers the pass to the corner. Bobby Portis delivers a beauty from the right corner, deep on that side. How about 15 unanswered points now for the Bucks, who are digging in now against Chicago. Bobby Portis would lead all scores with 27 points. And with the top seed clinch and some injuries on the roster, as we just mentioned with Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton did not play, Grayson Allen did not play, does Coach Bud and his staff have a plan for the team's final two games? You know, I have no idea what we're going to do Friday and Sunday, um, but we'll take a breath tonight. Uh, the guys have earned it. Um, ton of credit to them for what they've done over the last, you know, whatever it's been since the All-Star break to put themselves in this position. Next up for the Bucks is a home matchup Friday as Memphis comes to town. The roster yet to be determined. Should Catholic priests be allowed to marry? Eric and I caught up with the... Archbishop of Milwaukee, Jerome Listecki, will bring you his comments on that coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Five twenty-two on Wisconsin's Morning News this Thursday morning. The Jewish holiday of Passover underway doesn't always align with the Christian Holy Week, which includes Good Friday tomorrow and Easter on Sunday, of course. Passover for Jews began Sunday. Wednesday continues through April 13th. Today for Christians, Holy Thursday, night of the Last Supper for Jesus, followed by the Passion and Crucifixion on Good Friday and then Easter Sunday, which we will discuss in greater detail tomorrow. Eric and I did talk with Milwaukee Archbishop Jerome Lestenke this week, and we plan to bring you his Easter blessing tomorrow, but while we had him, we did want to chat about a couple of other issues in the Church, one being Pope Francis recently again broaching the topic of allowing priests to marry, quoted recently saying in an interview with the Argentine publication Infobay, Pope Francis, 86, said, quote, There is no contradiction for priests to marry. Celibacy in the Western Church is a temporary prescription. Archbishop Listecki in Milwaukee saying, If that's the direction the Church ultimately goes, it's not as simple as just flipping a switch. So if you're really going to drill down and talking it, it demand, demands a larger uh, conversation. 
Are there concerns that you would have about that? You came up through the priesthood, as, as any archbishop would. Are there things that would concern you about that? Do you know, think of yourself as a young priest? What would have you not been able to do as effectively had you been married, had you had a family? Well, I, th- I think immediately one of the things um, um, in my mind is that uh, what celibacy does is everybody sees it as a restriction. It, it's really a gift. And the, the gift is you understand yourself, uh, I did as a young priest, married to my, t- mm-hmm. to my community. I, uh, that, was my, that was my focus, my focus and attention, basically. And as you right, rightfully said, you'd have to understand, and, and I do, and especially when I'm and taking couples uh, to preparation for marriage, that their focus should be on each other in, in terms of the relationship, in terms of the building of family. So, you know, the, the question would would have to be, um, uh, does then the the question of um, a married become a demand that uh, the priest now must be an example of married life, you must be an example of, uh, um, of those things that are necessary to, to do that. Um, so when I say it demands a larger a larger discussion, it does because it would it would reshape the orientation I think that a priest has in terms of his his commitment is total self sacrificing to the community. So interesting thoughts there. Milwaukee Archbishop Jerome Listecki. Eric and I also talked with him about a story in the news recently. The Archbishop banned a retired priest in the diocese from hearing confession, from delivering that sacrament, as that retired priest is openly advocating for a change in state law that would compel priests to break the seal of confession and alert authorities if certain crimes are revealed within. I taught um, uh, young, young priests for almost 20 years um, the, the, the confession never, never was it ever a question of um, the the basically absolute absolute confidentiality the priest extends to the penitent in um, uh, in the sacrament of reconciliation. And the archbishop also clarified. He said, "This is only about what happens in the confessional." That. Priests, like many other school counselors, teachers, doctors, are are mandatory reporters outside of that sacrament. So unless it's understood that you are in uh, confession officially... Right. If they see things that are troublesome, they do need to they report They will those. report that right. and would have to. Yep. And he had some more thoughts on that that we'll play through the morning. Uh, we'll check in again on more of that with Archbishop Jerome Listecki coming up at 7.20 this morning. Once again, Passover underway for Jews, Holy Thursday today for Christians, followed by Good Friday. You won't get no dessert till you clean off your plate, so eat it. As Eric mentioned in the news, world-famous champion is in Milwaukee today. He is the silent warrior who stands where land meets horizon, steadfast and unshakable. A city on a hill, lit for all to see. I mean, it sounds like a pretty big <laughs> deal. In town, competing yes. late this morning. A poem written using every word in the world. He is a bead of light floating in the dark oil of night. Yes! His event in the Deer District involving not basketball, not hockey, but burritos. His cause is the cause of one nation under God, indivisible, the number one ranked eater in the world. Chestnut, as 
Announced by ESPN at the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. Boy, how long has he been doing this On the 4th of July, now? since ever. Like, name me, besides Black Widow, whom I already mentioned, and uh, Greg Pancake Hill, producer of the program. What was her, what's her nickname beyond that? So, she's the Black Widow, and she is the leader of the Four Horsemen of the Esophagus. <laughs> yes, yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> So, right, she was up for the brat thing in Sheboygan. So does Jaws still win everything? I I, I apologize. I think it's gotten follow, more competitive. I don't follow the circuit that closely No anymore. one does, except for, like, right? <laughs> the July 4th Yeah, one. and then everybody pays attention. He's in town today, nine other professional eaters, trying to see who can down the most Cadoba burritos in 10 minutes. Let me see. Chestnut. Let me see. I'm looking for the, some of the other names. No, I don't, I, don't see, I don't see Black Widow. What's her name? Sonia? Sonia. Sonia Thomas, I think. Yes, the, sir. The four horse, the four horsemen of the esophagus. Yeah. So it Are starts you, eleven okay, o'clock at Deer District. They say it goes till about one o'clock our time. Um, they're going to live stream the event as well. Yeah, they are awesome. Cadoba sponsoring it. It's National Burrito Day. Now, my question is, what kind of burrito? Is it just the basic? Is it just stuffed with beef and then done? And or I, like, I mean, are we talking like ginormous, like one big one, or is it a bunch of tiny or small yeah, ones? Yeah, because Cadoba burritos are sizable. They're big, right? Yeah. Are they going to be like some mini burritos, and we're going to just house those? Or I mean, I would kind of rather see that than them hitting one big one, but... Right, I don't want the final number to I mean, be would, three. It would be nice to see him challenge him. We <laughs> Which should, is ridiculous. After still. this, we should do, like, for Halloween time, we should do pumpkins or something. like Something just nasty. Yeah, ch- challenge him a little <laughs> How many squash kind of can gourd. you down? Cadbury yeah. eggs. Do the Reese's yes. eggs or the Cadbury eggs for Easter. Oh. See, yeah, I like what we're thinking now. Next time. Kidoba says, this is a party you won't want to miss. Music, and they'll have samples of the flavorful three-cheese queso. Giveaways games at the main event. At the big hot dog eating contest today in New York. Chestnut versus Kobayashi. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. How do you eat 60 hot dogs in 12 minutes? Whew. Unless it's Usinger's. Then you're okay. Everything's okay. Nice plug. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The road to the NBA Finals officially has to go through Milwaukee as the Bucks have secured the number one seed after defeating the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday by a final of 105-92. There was no Giannis, and it was no problem for the Bucks as they used a strong second half, including this timely bucket to grab the Bulls by the horn and send them back south on I-94. Step back, thought about the three, and gives it to Matthews. He fires up a long three straight away, and he drills it. Timeout, Chicago. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ. Matthews would hit the big shot there to put the Bucks up double digits and pretty much for good. But the star of the game was Bobby Portis after recording a double-double the night prior BP had himself another one, leading all scorers with 27 points while snatching 13 rebounds. And after the game, he got some well-deserved praise from his head coach. You know, to put together this on a back-to-back for him, you know, last night, I think, you know, almost 20 and 20, and then tonight, you know, whatever it is, 27 and 13, I think. And uh, the energy, the pop, you know, the edge that he gives us, uh, you know, all of it was needed. You know, these are tough back-to-backs, you know, uh, this time of year. You know, we had to dig deep, and, and Bobby, 
was a big part of that. Next up for the Bucks is a date with the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday night at Pfizer Forum. Over to baseball, where the Milwaukee Brewers remain one of the hottest teams to begin their season, and apparently it was time to do some cleaning of the New York Mets on Wednesday afternoon, thanks to Garrett Mitchell. And the pitch. The always amazing Bob Euchre on the call right here on WTMJ as Mitchell and the Brewers send the Mets back to the Big Apple with the 7-6 win to complete the three-game series sweep. It was a rough day, though, for Corbin Burns, who allowed six earned runs over four and a third innings pitch. Devin Williams did end up getting the victory. It is the Brewers' fifth straight win, and manager Craig Council knows this youthful energy in the clubhouse has become infectious. They're going through new things for the first time a lot still, Um, and so they're the ones that probably can be boosted most by some confidence. It's clearly boosted everybody for sure, and they've been fun, and it's fun watching them. Um, It's fun rooting for them, and you sense that in the dugout for sure. It has been must-see TV, at least in the snide household there is no game today for the brew crew as they are back at it friday night to welcome in the division foe the st louis cardinals for a three-game series you may have heard some rumblings that uh, legislative race results will yield impeachment proceedings perhaps in the state assembly and state senate we'll have our guy john mercure john mercury yeah john mercury you know him. he weighs in on that next on wisconsin's morning news it's an oil painting Finding the storylines in the results of the Tuesday general election here in Wisconsin. Among them, what happened in Wisconsin's 8th State Senate District. Host of Wisconsin's Afternoon News, John Mercure, is with us. John, the report that uh, you filed the day after the election, and the results were in that Republican Dan Canodal mm-hmm. takes the seat that had been held and safely in Republican hands for decades with Alberta Darling. This was a close race. He barely really edged close. out a political newcomer by about 1,300 votes. Yeah, that's right. Jody habish Sinekin is the newcomer, Democrat running in that race. Here's why that race matters, right? Republicans already have a solid majority in the Senate. It would seem like, okay, they already control it. What does this one seat mean? Well, by Dan Canodal holding on to that seat for Republicans, they have a supermajority in the Senate. Two-thirds. Yeah, Yeah. two-thirds, exactly. And the way this primarily could play out, and this is a concern to many, is that there are now enough votes amongst Republicans, if they were to stick together, to convict someone impeached in the state of Wisconsin. So let me explain that just a little bit. The Wisconsin Constitution allows for the Assembly to impeach somebody. This is the same way it works at the federal level. They only need 50 votes to impeach somebody. Republicans have more than 50 votes. Easy. Yep. In the Senate, then, they need that two-thirds, which they have with Canodal, to actually convict somebody. So I've been told that guys like John Chisholm, the DA in Milwaukee, and other judges, maybe the Attorney General Josh Call, are actually nervous that there are enough votes in the Senate in this crazy political world, this mean world that we live and play in now, to convict these guys, to impeach them and convict them. And with the Canodal victory, that can happen. If Jody Habush Sinekin had gotten another 800 or so votes, this would not be possible. Now it is. So what's your read on that? Is this a realistic 
conversation to even be having? Is there an appetite in the Wisconsin state legislature to go after any one, if not multiple, duly elected officials? I think the answer, unfortunately, is yes. You do? But with a caveat, because I don't think they'll go after the governor, Josh Call, the attorney general, Janet Protasevich, they've talked about. I don't think any of that happens. But I think if you cherry pick and the way people view crime in Milwaukee and John Chisholm is a polarizing figure, I could see that they go after him. Now, a lot of people, Republican and Democrat, would say, let the voters speak. That's the real mechanism. If there's not an egregious crime or misconduct in office, maybe this shouldn't happen. But unfortunately, I could see a scenario where it does. And now, if they go down that path, even if they just choose a couple, maybe it's a circuit court judge who they don't like, who's let somebody out repeatedly. Maybe it's John Chisholm. There are enough votes now if they head down the road and Republicans stick together to actually convict somebody of impeachment. I wonder how that plays for them overall, John, because you have the Republicans uh, lost uh, not as tight as they would have liked race for governor. Yeah. They did manage to win the uh, Senate seat now held by Ron Johnson, but that was, a, that was a squeaker. They got boat raced here, if you look at ideology, yeah. in terms of the result of the Supreme Court election. So I don't know that that plays well for them in the long game if they start to go after people in that way. I think you might be right. I wonder if they realize that. I think right now they think they got boat raced in the Supreme Court race because of the abortion issue. And so I think when you talk about impeachment or crime in Milwaukee or other issues, I'm not sure that they view it the same way that a lot of people do, that it would be dangerous to impeach. I guess only time will tell. John McKeer, host of Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Always good to talk to you. Hey, thanks for having me.